Thanks for tuning in today. This is season one, episode one of The Buzz. My name is Brianna Spanix, and today I'm going to be leading you through the confusing world of transgender policy in competitive university sport. So the development of transgender policy in sport should be considered as a good thing, right? Well, conflicting policies are actually causing a lot of confusion. The Canadian Centre for Ethics and Sport requires self-declaration as the only requirement to participate, while U Sports abides by the World Anti-Doping Agency standards, but the International Olympic Committee and the IAAF use conflicting testosterone ranges to govern a transgender woman's eligibility. Think of it this way. You are a Canadian transgender youth who wants to compete in post-secondary student athletics, go on to represent Canada on an international stage in her sport, and eventually reach the Olympics. You'd have to abide by different inclusion parameters at different levels of sport in different geographic regions at the same time. This is extremely overwhelming for someone who simply wants to play a sport which is an opportunity that is extended to every Canadian, regardless of gender. In September 2018, U-Sports announced an inclusive transgender policy at each of its 56 member institutions. This includes Brock University. The policy quotes, U-Sports does not require athletes to undergo hormone therapy to compete in the gender category that is consistent with their gender identity. But even at the most elite levels, Equally matched female athletes will consistently be outperformed by males. So the Canadian Centre for Ethics and Sport released a set of guidelines for sport organizations looking to create inclusive environments for trans participants in Canadian sport. And they directly referenced Duty Sean's case as well as Kasser Semenya's and mainly focused on the testosterone level monitoring. So here comes more confusion. The IAAF and this Canadian Centre for Ethics and Sport are in agreement after full investigation that male athletes have a competitive advantage over female athletes to the order of 10 to 12 percent. But here's the issue. Both Castor Semenya and Duty Sean are cisgendered female athletes. So why have we used this information as the basis of a transgendered inclusion policy. A policy that states transgendered females or individuals that grew to a biological definition of male maturity are able to compete with cisgender female athletes regardless of whether they have or have not partaken in any form of gender reassignment. So this opens up a platform for fair play arguments. What exactly is fair play? Well, you sport and the CCES are both in agreement in the difference in performance between male and female athletes, the CCES main response in regards to allowing transgendered females to compete with cisgendered females without requirement of transition therapy is that there are many sociocultural factors associated with being raised male working in congruity with various biological factors that are deemed indirect to performance. Simply put, there's a conflict of values where it isn't clear or obvious how to balance the ideals of fairness, inclusion, or respect. Simply respecting a person or athlete doesn't ensure that reasonable, fair efforts to accommodate diversity will occur. It's possible to respect someone without accommodating them, and unfortunately, to accommodate them without actually respecting them. 
Ultimately, because of the conflicting policies, it's entirely up to the individual organization, so the university itself, to prove that there is an irresolvable conflict without having clear evidence to make the obvious decision. There's a huge risk for legal challenges from trans athletes who find the requirements discriminatory. But on the other hand, in an absence of these requirements, there's also a risk of cisgender female athletes challenging for fair competition. We seem to be left with more questions than answers. University sport claims to be ready and accepting for trans athletes, but are they? What about individuals who don't identify as either gender? The good news is that transgender policy is still in its infancy and there's a lot of room for improvement. Thanks for listening to the first episode of The Buzz. For more information on transgender inclusion policy in sport, feel free to access the U Sport, CBC, or Canadian Centre for Ethics in Sport websites.